so glad you're here today. Uh, we've been in this series called uh, The Holy Spirit. And if you'll just turn in your Bible to John chapter 7, uh, we'll start there today. As you're turning there, um, let, me, let me remind you, uh, you've heard on the video announcements already, but let me remind you, in two weeks, February 28th, boy, I really want you to write that date down, put a notification in your phone, don't miss February 28th. We have some things to announce to you. We have some things to present to you that will be absolutely historic at Kingwood Church. Uh, and our, our engagement uh, in, in the future of missions and our involvement in global missions at Kingwood. So you don't want to miss it. It's going to be an incredible day, a full immersive experience. Uh, I'm just gonna, I don't want to give it away. Don't miss it. You're going you're gonna to be glad. You're going to walk away that day and go, I am so glad. I mean, I almost, but I didn't. And I'm so glad I was there. So John chapter 7, we're continuing this series we've called um, The Holy Spirit. And last week we basically said that we learn to relate to people based on how they fit in the structures we understand. So I, I, I look at a person and I say, well, I understand who this lady is. Because she's grandmother. She fits in the structure I understand. Or I look at this guy and I know how to relate to him because he's, uh, he's uncle. So that helps me. I know where he fits so I know how to relate to him. Or maybe at work you say, this is CEO or this is shift manager or this is co-worker or this is employee or employer. And so I know how to relate to them because I know where they fit in the structure that I understand. Now it's funny how the person of God we have the most confusion over is the one that doesn't naturally fit in any of our structures. So we naturally relate to God as Father. Now look, everybody here this morning did not have a good father. Everybody this morning didn't even have a father that was present. Maybe your father abandoned you or neglected you or, or whatever. Uh, many of you did have good fathers. But we at least understand the concept of what a father ought to be. That when the Bible says to us, God, uh, God the Father, then we can relate to that because we kind of know where that fits. We say, look, God's kind of like a father. Now, if you had a bad father, he's nothing like that. If you had a good father, he's kind of like that. But he's even better. And so when the Bible says that Jesus is God's son, we know how to relate to that because all of us have parents. Many of us have sons or daughters. And so we kind of understand that role and we say, okay, God is kind of like a son. So we understand that. But when we say God as Holy Spirit, we don't have a point of reference. It's kind of like a fill-in-the-blank question and you missed the day the teacher went over the study guide, right? Like here, There's a question mark, there's a blank. I never knew what to put in there. Because in our understanding, when we say something like spirit, we have you know, ghosts and goblins and uh, haunted places and spirits and uh, clouds. And a spirit is a formless essence. We don't have a natural way to relate. Uh, so here's the statement I want to make to you this morning that we made last week. This is, the, this is the temptation. This is the danger. We are tempted to devalue the role of the Holy Spirit because we don't know where he fits. And that's a, that's a mistake, and so we're going to be talking in this series about the person of the Holy Spirit. What I want to do in this series 
is I want to take that fill-in-the-blank question, that blank in the question, and I want to fill that blank in with something for you. So we started looking through Scripture, and we found uh, the four most well-used pictures. The Bible gives us picture symbols of the Holy Spirit. God in His mercy, God in His love, knowing that we would have this challenge, He He gave us ways to relate to himself. He gave us ways to relate to God as the Holy Spirit through pictures and symbols. And so we're going to look at those in this series. Last week we said God is like the wind. The Holy Spirit is like the wind. And so wind, water, fire, and oil are the four pictures we get in Scripture that most often help us understand who the Holy Spirit is. So last week we said the Holy Spirit is like the wind. And we asked the question, how do you catch the wind? Well, you have to, we used a nautical picture, you have to raise your sail. If you're in a sailboat, the only way really to catch the wind is to raise your sail and let the wind take you. And so if you missed that message last week, I really want to encourage you to go back and jump on our podcast and listen to it and kind of catch up with where we are in this series. It really sets the foundation for everything else we're going to say. So who's the Holy Spirit? He's not like Father. He's not like Son. He is like the water. So why is the Holy Spirit like the water? John chapter 7, Jesus is at this big festival, this big um, uh, feast, and here's what the scripture says. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice. You ever think Jesus is meek and mild? Jesus was loud. Let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Ready like this. Let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Can you imagine how that would pierce the air in a party? Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living what? Water will flow from within them. And then he even tells us, like we go, what does that mean? Like your stomach's going to blow up with water? No, he even tells us what he meant. By this he meant what? Spirit. The Holy Spirit is like water. Whom those who have believed in were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not been glorified. In the Bible, water is the the most often used picture of the Holy Spirit. And it's not just the word water. Sometimes it's picture, it's river, it's stream, it's spring, it's well, it's fountain, it's pool, it's flood. Sometimes it's even rain. It could be anything, water. In one form or another, oftentimes when you read something about water in the Bible, whatever form it takes, you're actually reading about the person or the work of the Holy Spirit, as God, of God as the Holy Spirit. So this morning, if you have something to write with, take it out and follow along with me. I want to ask you four questions. Number one, have you ever been thirsty? <laughs> I mean, really? I mean, really thirsty. I don't mean the average thirst where you've been out cutting the grass and you're hot, a long walk. I don't mean you played basketball in a hot gym for an hour and you're thirsty. I mean thirsty where your tongue sticks to the roof of your mouth and you have to peel your lips off your teeth. Like you're dehydrated, your lips are chapped and cracked and all you can think about is water. I mean dehydrated and depleted and dry. In 1996, there was a young Marine corporal named Joey Mora. And he was standing out on a platform on an aircraft carrier in the Persian Gulf. Accidentally, he fell overboard, and nobody nobody saw him fall overboard. It's a true story. 
He fell over. Nobody saw him fall. He was gone. uh, And nobody missed him uh, for a while. So he was missing for 36 hours. Finally, after 24 hours of searching for him, a search and rescue mission failed, and he was presumed to be uh, dead, and they had to report that to his family that uh, your loved one is missing and, and presumed dead. The rest of the story is this. Four Arab fishermen found Joey Moore about 72 hours later floating in the ocean on a flotation device he had made out of his pants, and he was asleep. In the water, treading water, clinging to the flotation device he made. He was delirious. They pulled him in the fishing boat. His tongue was dry, cracked, and his throat was parched. Stone Phillips on Dateline uh, later reported when he interviewed him. He said, how did you survive this? Joey said, God gave him the will to struggle and survive. Philip asked him, what was the most excruciating thing of all And Joey said, the one thing that took over my body is I prepared to drown in this liquid ocean and constantly pounded in my brain like a jackhammer is water. I want water. I want water. He said, I could think of nothing else. Have you ever been thirsty? (laughs) I'm talking about really, really thirsty. Isn't that a paradox? Joey Mora was drowning in an ocean of water, yet he was dying of dehydration inside. In our busy and water-treading lives, it feels like to me sometimes we're tempted to do the same thing. We come to church, we're surrounded by oceans of living water, we tread a little water, and we go home thirsty. We buy pink Bibles and women's Bibles and teen Bibles and devotional Bibles and Duck Dynasty Bibles and... Christian coffee drinkers' Bibles and coffee table Bibles and I don't know how many versions of the Bible you can sell, but we got one of them, and then we walk away thirsty. We attend seminars and concerts and conferences and colleges, and we have Christian radio and Christian bookstore and Christian magazine and Christian publication and Christian thought for the day and Christian app on our phone, and somehow we manage to still be thirsty. We can walk through a spiritual Gatorade opportunity, Gatorade bath opportunity, and we still, our soul can be dry like the Sahara. Have you ever been, have you ever been spiritually dehydrated? So here's the second question. Have you ever been dehydrated spiritually, physically? Uh, A couple years ago, um, I, I began to experience that, and I began to understand the science behind it. You and I need about three quarts of water a day. Our body needs about three quarts of water a day to operate efficiently. Our blood is 90% water. And so the, the liquid that carries life through your body is actually mostly water. Water works as a cooling agent, and water regulates our temperature through perspiration. And without water, our joints and our muscles would just kind of grind and creak and make noises like uh, the old rusty tin man on The Wizard of Oz. If you ever hear your body creaking, it might be because you're dehydrated. Our bodies are 60% water. If you lose 2% water, you start to experience dehydration. If you lose 5% water you begin to experience extreme dehydration. You have fatigue, you have cramps, you have headaches. If you lose 10% water, you will die. You've crossed the point of no return. 
So this morning, I just wanted to give you a little bit of information about uh, how dehydration works. A couple of years ago, I was down at the football field in August, and our, my kids are on the football team, and I was just doing some exercises while they were practicing. I was doing some light jogging and walking and stuff like that. And uh, it's August, it's blazing hot, it's in the high 90s, the humidity is about 100 million percent. And it's, you know, four in the afternoon, and I'm out there like I got any sense, and I'm running around, running around, and man, all of a sudden, it was just like, you ever run out of gas in your car, and you just, just, my body started to kind of do that, and I thought, whoa, whoa, there's an earthquake, something sinking, I started to see spots, I started to feel funny, I got dizzy, my energy would drop and then pick up and then drop and then pick up, and I thought, gosh, I need to go to the doctor, something is... What is wrong with my body? Something's wrong. And so I couldn't figure it out. The next day, I kind of chilled out. The next day, I came back and went at it again. And same thing started happening. And finally, I went over and talked to our trainer at the school. And I said, hey, can you help me? I, do I need to go to the hospital? Or go, what, what's wrong? And she said, have you ever considered you might be dehydrated? No. No, I never considered. I'd never been dehydrated in my life. Had no idea what it felt like. Played sports, never dehydrated, didn't know. Man, I got out of the heat. I got out of the sun. I went inactive for about three days, and I started drinking water like a camel. And in two days, I felt incredible. I felt great. She was exactly right. The headaches went away. The dizziness went away. The disorientation went away. Everything went away that was bad, and I felt incredible. And it all came down to one simple thing. I was just dehydrated. You know what? Sometimes I think that's what our lives are like. We say, but look, I'm doing good things. I was doing good. I need exercise. That's a good thing. It's a good work. It's a good habit. But we can be so busy doing good things, running here, running there, doing this, doing that, trying to be superwoman, trying to be superman, trying to fill in all the squares, trying to get our kids to all the places they ought to go. We can be so busy doing good things and dry and dehydrated in our soul. Missing the thing that we need the most, water. I was doing, I wasn't out sinning, I wasn't out treating my body bad I was trying to do the right thing but I was drying up the whole time and I'm telling you you can be sitting here in church this morning and you can have your Bible with you and you can have your Bible app and you can have your Christian radio on in the car and you can surround yourself and you can try to be as moral as you want and as good as you want and as honest as you want and you can be drying up on the inside because there's no water so we neglect the only thing that can give life. Exercise doesn't give life. Working out doesn't give life. Having good habits doesn't give life. What gives life is the Holy Spirit. He is the, he is the source of our soul. So let me give you this morning the symptoms of dehydration. So here's something that happens to you when you're dehydrated. You will lose the ability to see. I started seeing dots, <laughs> little, little things started popping up on the radar. You will lose your ability to see. You get dizzy, you get disoriented, you get confused, you go the wrong direction. Now I want you to think about that when you're spiritually dehydrated, what happens? You lose your vision, you lose your purpose, you lose your discernment. You lose your ability to make good choices. 
Because your spirit, your soul becomes dehydrated. You get confused about your purpose. You get confused about what direction you're going. You lose your priorities. Your priorities get out of order. Why? Because you can't see clearly. Because you're dehydrated. You'll also lose your ability to walk right. (laughs) My knees started to sort of feel funny. Started to stagger around. What do we do? Our walk gets messed up when we get dehydrated spiritually. We start to mistreat our spouse. We start to take it out on our kids. We get edgy. We get angry. We get frustrated. We, you know what it is? It's dehydration. You lose your ability to, to talk right, too. It affects the way we communicate. We get frustrated. We get angry. What do we do? We jump on one of those you know, conversation threads on Facebook, and we just let somebody have it. You seen that little Kermit the Frog meme? He says, when you're replying to somebody mad, on that typewriter. You know where that comes from? Dehydration. I done got dried out in my soul. And now I don't talk right. I say things I shouldn't say. I talk to people in tones I shouldn't talk to them to. What is that? I'm dried out. My soul's dried out. Here's Here's the other thing you experience when you have dehydration. You'll lose your ability to be life giving. You know, some animals, when they suffer extreme dehydration, their pores open and they actually release the aroma of death. Now, watch this. If you don't get anything else I say this morning, get this. They release the aroma of death. You know why? It's the dinner bell ringing to the predator to say, This animal's about to die. Come clean it up. So, you know what happens when your soul gets dehydrated? Your pores open spiritually, and you got nothing to give anybody around you but death. You got no life to give because you got no life in you. And furthermore, that stench starts to come off you, and you're ringing the dinner bell for the devil saying, Come and get me, I'm a weak Christian. Because your soul's dehydrated. That's how dehydration works. Now, here's the thought I want you to write down if you're taking notes Water is to our body what the Holy Spirit is to our soul. Water is to our body what the Holy Spirit is to our soul. So this scripture that we've read in John chapter 7, let's go back to it for a minute and kind of unpack it. It puts it in great perspective. The people Jesus were talking to were at the very end of a um, really important feast, a festival called the Feast of Tabernacles. Now this was a really big uh, Jewish festival. It's kind of like our 4th of July. It's a really, really big deal. Except it was eight days long, which made me realize... Our holidays are too short. Come on, somebody. Like, you've hated the whole sermon till now, but you're, oh, yeah, that hand is up. Our holidays are too short. Give me an eight-day holiday. Yes! Eight days. No wonder they were happy. Eight days. During this feast, the high priest, the last day, this was the last day, he would go and he would take this golden pitcher and he would dip it into a pool, and he would carry that pool in that pitcher, that pitcher of water, back to the temple, and he would pour the water out on the altar as a sacrifice, and then the priest would read from Isaiah 12, 3, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Now watch this. Here's what's important. In uh, uh, joy you will draw from the waters of salvation. At that exact moment the Levites would blow the trumpets and there would be singing and dancing and shouting and what's so powerful about this scripture is that at the exact moment that he 
poured the water out and said, it's with joy you'll draw from the wells of salvation. Jesus stood up in the party and said, if any one of you thirst, let him come to me. Right there. Jesus knew these people were drinking from the water of ritual and tradition and religion. And he knew when the festival was over, they would go right back to their same old fears and their same old sins and their same old failures and their same old patterns. And they were floating in an ocean of religion, but they were drowning in spiritual dehydration. Their souls were longing for water. They were thirsty for the right thing, but they were drawing off the wrong source. So, why do we sometimes find ourselves so spiritually dehydrated? Jeremiah chapter 2 tells us why. 13. Jeremiah is talking to the nation of Israel who had um, turned their back on God. And here's what he says to them. Here's what the, the, the word that God gave Jeremiah to tell the people is this. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. This verse basically says there are two sins that we commit that cause spiritual dehydration and spiritual thirst. The first one is we abandon God. Now here's how I want you to think about that because I think the way that we practice it in our times We would not understand it to be abandonment. We would understand it to be neglect. We're busy. We're going. We're going here. We're going there. We're going everywhere. We're running, 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 running. And we're like me on the football field doing good things. But dying on the inside. And we think because we're doing good things, somehow God will help us out. Because I'm not doing bad things. I'm not hurting anybody. I'm honest. I tell the truth. I show up for work on time. I do my taxes. I'm, I'm trying my best to be a good parent. I had bad parents, but I'm being a better parent to my kids than my parents were to me. And I'm, I'm trying to work all this out. And we think because we're sincere or because we're good or because we're trying hard that God will somehow work it out. And God is saying... In all your good works, you neglected me. You neglected the spring of living water. So here's the second thing he said. Then we substitute something for God. How many of you ever bought something generic? Yes? All right. The rest of you that haven't, I have to have you make a donation because you're so wealthy that you can buy all the name brand things. We buy generic medicine. We buy generic cereal. Come on, moms. I got to need some help with some moms in here this morning. Like not the cereal lighted. They pay for that spot in the shelf. We go down there, all right? The Fruit Loops down there taste just like the Fruit Loops up here. They're $2 cheaper. Come on now. Somebody's back in. Generic cereal, generic uh, medicine, generic uh, butter. Land of Lakes like their butter. And we do it because the substitute's just as good as a real thing. It just costs less. And that's, that's most of the time, that's sometimes true. But it's not always true. You ever had a store brand pot pie? Might as well eat a hubcap. I'm talking about that thing's nasty. It's got to be Marie Callender's, right? 
And don't tell me you ever put your little hand up there and pull down a generic soft drink. You might as well drink medicine. I don't know what the formula is, but they got it locked somewhere in the core of the earth, and it's not getting out. That's that name brand's on there. One time I, 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 was, I thought, you know, there's not that big a difference in cheese, right? Cheese, cheese ruined milk. I mean, what can when you do to it? So I remember going to the store one time, and I'm like, man, I, it's close. To, I'm just going to try to buy the cheapest cheese I can buy, and I bet we won't even notice the difference. And I bought this sliced cheese, and I'm going to tell you, I took it home, and my kids put it on something in the microwave and tried to melt. It's like you try to melt cellophane on something. It's like somebody poured orange glue on top of what we were trying to eat. And I'm telling you, there was a rebellion in the house. There was an anarchy. Uh, look, let me go ahead and save you some trouble. Buy the real cheese. I'm just going to go ahead and help you. Generic cheese is not the way to go. You need the name brand or the close to the name brand or something. But look, this is what the Bible's telling us here. We are tempted to replace God with substitutes, with generics. Because we say, well, that's as close as I can get. That's all I can afford. That's all the time I have. That's all I can give. We replace him with idols and with relationships and jobs and success and money and dreams and sports and our own desire and maybe even our own children we, we uh, idolize or entertainment. Everything can become a substitute. Everything. And this verse in Jeremiah says, we dig our own cisterns that hold no water. A cistern's like a storage tank underwater dug deep into the ground. And when it would rain, that thing, we would fill that thing up with water in times of drought. All you had to do is let your bucket down and get cool, clean, refreshing water. But what happens if that cistern, if that underground storage has a crack in it, you're going to be storing up water for the drought, but you're going to go down there in the drought and the water's going to be gone. Going to be no water left because there's a crack in the storage device. And when you're thirsty and you need the water, it'll be gone. It'll be like trying to collect water in a strainer. And this is what the Holy Spirit says our lives are like. We might do okay for a while. I might do some laps down at the football field for a while. But it's coming. It's going to catch up. And one day you're going to lower that bucket down and you're going to bring up dust. Because there's nothing down there. God wants us to have a daily relationship with the Holy Spirit. Fresh springs. I don't know if you've ever seen a real, live, fresh spring. It's a little gurgling, a little bubbling, a little turning, like a little bitty mini tornado of water that comes up out of the ground. If you've ever seen a live spring. And the thing about a spring is you don't have to do nothing with it. It's the source. It regenerates itself. You don't have to fix it. You don't have to work it. There are no holes. It does not leak. Don't try to store water for your soul. Come to the source. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is like the water. It's like a spring. The Holy Spirit is the source. So here's the third question. Are you aware of your thirst? Are you aware of your thirst? Now, I'm not asking you, are you thirsty? I'm not asking, are you spiritually thirsty? What I'm saying to you is, you are. You are spiritually thirsty. Why? Because God created you that way. The question is, are you aware of your thirst? Psalm 42.1 says, as a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for you, for the living God. Whether you realize it or not, your soul longs for the Holy Spirit. 
you might be like I was running the football field doing your thing going, I've never been dehydrated before. I don't know what dehydration feels like. I don't know why I feel this way. I don't know why my knees are, are bending. I don't know why I'm seeing spots. I don't know why this is going. You know why? I was completely 100% unaware of my dehydration. You know what that changed? Nothing. The fact that you're unaware of your thirst doesn't make you unthirsty. It just makes you unaware and further away from the solution. But let me tell you what does know. You might be unaware, you might be aware. But even if you are unaware, I'll tell you who does know, your soul knows. Because God made your soul to know. Years ago, uh, my wife and I started the, the camp that our teenagers go to now called Beach Freak. It's maybe 20 years old, almost 20, maybe it is 20. And but years ago, back in, the, back in the late 90s, we were at Beach Freak one year in Panama City Beach. We have unbelievably powerful services at that camp. It's always been that way. From the beginning, nobody makes it happen. We just show up in the room. We give God time and space. And it's a miracle what God will do in your life if you give Him time and space. And we do. And so I want to encourage you, if you're a, a parent of a teenager, my kids have never missed I send them every year. I want them there. I want to encourage you. Soccer camp and football camp and all this, you're not going to get any living water there. But you're going to get living water here. We were at camp one year, and my wife and I were praying with one of our high school girls. And it was after service, but sometimes kids stay and pray and worship, and that's what was happening in her life. God was doing some really powerful things inside her life. And uh, we were praying with her, and she was just crying and praying. And it was such a sweet... You, if you've ever been a part of something like that, or it's ever some God's done a work like that in your life, it was just such a sweet and a powerful moment. You could feel how deep it was. And then as we were there praying with her, uh, and kind of just being with her, one of those unbelievably hard tropical Florida rains just dropped out of the sky. Have you ever been in rain in Florida? Anybody? You've been in a rainstorm in Florida. I'm talking about it's like heaven lets go. It was just a deluge. And we're in that metal building, that chapel. And you could hear the rain just driving, driving down the roof. And, and she looked up at the roof. And, I, and, and she looked through her tears to the ceiling in that chapel. And she said, this is what it feels like in my soul right now. It feels like that. And the Holy Spirit was just washing her and cleansing her and just doing deep work. I, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but I bet if you, she's married and has two or three kids and uh, her and her husband were youth pastoring, have been youth pastoring for years. But I bet if you were to ask her today about that night, I bet she could tell you all about it. That night, did something in her soul that only living water can do. Like we could, we could do everything else in that room we were trying to do, but until she met the source, that was never going to happen. And I don't even know what all happened, but it happened. So here's the, here's the final question. Are you ready to drink from the water of the Holy Spirit? Are you ready to drink? Are you aware of your thirst? 
you and I were made by God to desire and to need the person of the Holy Spirit. Are you ready to drink? Are you ready to let Him refresh you, rain on you, fill you? Here's what I know will happen in your life when you get really good and hydrated. Watch this. You will see better. You will walk better. You will talk better. And you will give life. It's not... We try to live too much of our Christian life through determination and effort and commitment. I'm going to be committed this time. You don't have the power to be committed without the Holy Spirit. You don't even have... I don't have what it... I can't be committed. How can I, how can I possibly engage a perfect God... How could I ever have adequate commitment to Him without His help? He, the same God that invites you to be committed to Him also gives you the power to do it. <laughs> but it's more like putting up your sail and letting the wind catch you than it is like a New Year's resolution and this year I'm going to lose weight. And you stand in there and stare at that pantry and that food still in there. And you say, in Jesus' name, I rebuke the food. And this year, this time, and I'm going to get it right, and this time, and this time. And, and you might make headway in some area of your life through determination and commitment. But you will never make headway in every area of your life. And you will never become what God wanted you to become. Through your own determination and through your own commitment. You need water you need the Holy Spirit and the, and the cool thing as you read scripture is the Bible says that he gives the Holy Spirit like it's God's joy it's fun for him it's, he longs to it's not a jump through this hoop get these nine things right sit up straight, work it out get your life in order fix all this he just, did you, Jesus stands in the middle of the festival. He says, for any of you who are thirsty, come to me. For I am the living water. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm going to ask our prayer team to come. And I just want to ask you to get in a place that you can, you can get still, you can get quiet, and you can close your eyes, and you can just begin to think. You just begin to think. Just begin to open yourself a little bit. So just kind of get, however you need to get settled, get settled. Close your eyes. Just want you to shut the visual off. And I want you, to, want you to try to relate to God in your heart now. I'll tell you what the Holy Spirit put on my heart this morning. And it was that there, there are a lot of people in our world who are really, really good people. Really good people. People that you want to be friends with. People that you'd love to have in your family. Really good people that are working and working and pushing and driving. But 
the truth is inside they're just dehydrated and and some of you this morning are that way you're a good you're a good husband you're a good wife you're good parents you're a good person in many ways you're a good Christian it's not about right and wrong it's about dehydration but if you're honest this morning in your soul your soul is dry and so I want you just to begin to pray you you don't have to wait till I invite you to pray I want you to begin to pray and say God help me to be aware of my thirst would you just pray that in your own way God help me help me be aware of my thirst for you help me to know help me to notice help me to be aware that my soul is thirsty and my soul needs you my soul longs for you maybe you're here this morning and you're living without spiritual passion there's no passion there's no there's no excitement there's no joy you're going through the emotions can I tell you something the Holy Spirit invites you today to come to him and drink to come and be refreshed, to come and be renewed. Maybe you're here and you're just dehydrated and dry. Maybe maybe you're here and you've been drinking from the wrong well. Would you ask the Holy Spirit now, God, just show me if I've been drinking from the wrong well, if I've been drinking from some idol, I've been putting something above you. Maybe you're here today and you say, look, I'm not even really a church person. I'm I'm not, I'm just distant on all this. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you are. The Holy Spirit invites you today to come right where you are, from right where you are, and to be refreshed. So here's what I just simply want you to do this morning. Very simple. Our prayer team is here. We just want to pray with you. You're not signing up for anything. You're not joining anything. You just say, I need the water. I need renewal. I need refreshing. This morning, I've become aware of my thirst, and I just want to respond. Lord, I thank you today for your grace, your peace and goodness. Lord, as we begin to enter this prayer time, I trust you to to confirm who you're drawing. In Jesus' name. As the worship team begins to sing, I want you to step out right now. And I just want you to respond to the water of the Holy Spirit and let Him touch you. Come on, right now, right now. The Holy Spirit is drawing. He is making you aware of your thirst in the balcony, in the front, in the back. I want you to come right now. Come right now.